You can grab a seat. I mentioned at the beginning of tonight that tonight we wrap up our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And and I want to kind of talk about where we go from here. Where we go from here as a ministry, or where you go from here as an individual, as a follower of Jesus. Maybe even where you go from here tonight if you're not even calling yourself a follower of Jesus. You're just kind of checking this whole thing out. I understand when I speak about this 21 days of fasting that we called for three weeks ago, um, that many of you, hundreds of you, either here or online, like you participated with us. You did something. Maybe you did like a partial fast or a a complete fast, or maybe you just fasted one day. I I was talking to someone before the service who said they fasted for the first time in their life during the last 21 days. And, And then I'm aware of this too. Like I'm aware that we're talking about this fast and I'm aware some of you didn't participate with us at all. And for some of you, you didn't participate because you can't right now, or it's not the right season. Your body really shouldn't be fasting right now. For some of you, you just kind of like missed the memo and you just kind of checked out. Like there's just a lot of reasons. But here's what I want to tell you. Even as I talk about this fast tonight, if you didn't participate in this, here's the wonderful thing about spiritual disciplines. There's never a wrong time to start, right? Like there's never a wrong time to say, hey, I missed out on that thing, but I can do it now. You could start a fast tomorrow. You could do it next month. You can make your 21 days in February. There is nothing special about this time other than the fact that we're doing it together. But if you're just going, listen, I feel like I missed out. You didn't miss out. But like tonight, I just want to invite you into continuing this practice. In fact, that's what I want to talk to you about. Uh, I just want to briefly share with you just a a scripture that will help us frame kind of how we move forward after this fast out of Ephesians 5. It says this in Ephesians 5.15. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You know, when all of COVID started, our very first service we did in this room to an empty room where many of you watched online and we, we, it was like the early days back in March of last year. This was one of the first texts I preached on. And I got up there and I said, don't you know that the days are evil? And I had no idea how evil the days would actually be, right? And you had no idea how evil the days would actually be. That COVID is just one of the things we remember out of the last year that that was devastating and difficult and overwhelming. And here's the consistent witness of the scripture. The consistent witness of the scripture is that there is a real world out there and that real world is not easy. It is not simple. It is not wonderful all the time. At times it is evil. At times it is brutal. The Bible is not naive. The Bible understands the very real pain that you've walked through. And, And here's what I believe. Like, if it's true that the days are evil, and if it's true that we're called not to live as unwise people, but wise people, not to be foolish, but to understand what the Lord wants from our lives, I'm convinced of this, that we have to use every single means available that God could possibly give us to stay faithful to God in a world that wants to tear us away from him. We need to use every tool at our disposal. We need to use every gift God has given us. We cannot just ignore some things. We can't push them to the sidelines. And so because the days are evil, and because I don't want you to live foolishly, but rather wisely, because of what this is commanding, here is what I just want to plead with you to do as we move forward from this fast. Would you make a commitment tonight, whether you fasted with us for 21 days or not, to make fasting a permanent tool in your spiritual toolbox? Make it a permanent tool. For for some of you, fasting was never on your radar and you had all these other spiritual disciplines uh, of prayer and of worship and of small group and of reading your Bible and of coming to church. You had all these other spiritual disciplines and I want you to keep those in your toolbox. But I want you to put fasting in there and seal that one away. 
I want you to make fasting a permanent part of your life. I want you to make fasting something you turn to as reflexively and as naturally as you turn to prayer. As you go forward from tonight, can I give you four times I want you to turn to fasting? Like when you have a toolbox and you're working on a project, you, you don't pull out the screwdriver or the saw or the hammer for every project. But there are certain times you pull out certain tools. Can I give you four times I want you in the future days when you come across a moment like this to consider fasting? Number one, would you fast when you're not sure what to do? When you don't know what to do, when you're not sure if you're supposed to go to college, you're supposed to go to grad school, if you're supposed to marry that girl, or if you're supposed to break up with that guy, when you find yourself unsure, when you find yourself wrestling, when you find yourself doubting and you just don't know what to do, would you commit to a time of prayer and fasting? When you find yourself not knowing what to do, would you fast when you need provision? When you feel like you're broke? When you're not sure how you're going to make the rent next month, when you're not sure how you're going to pay for school, when you're not sure how you and your future spouse are ever going to make it financially, would you commit to fasting that the Lord would meet every single one of your needs through Jesus Christ? You commit to fasting when you don't know what to do. You commit to fasting when you need provision. Would you commit to fasting when you need breakthrough? When you're stuck in your sin, when you're stuck in your addiction, when you do the thing you promised you'd never do again, would you commit to fasting, understanding that there are certain sins that can only be broken by the power of prayer and fasting? Would you commit to fasting when you need breakthrough? When you need breakthrough on what you're wrestling with, the discouragement, the depression, the anxiety, the stress, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like you're your own worst enemy, would you commit to fasting for the sake of breakthrough? And then finally, As you go forward from this place, would you commit to fasting when you feel far from God? And would you stop pretending that you never feel far from God? Would you just recognize tonight that there are times in your life you feel just so close, like the intimate presence of God, and then there are times and seasons where you just feel distant from God? Not because you moved, but because you lost awareness, you lost the sensitivity to the things of the Spirit, and that it's possible you've been nibbling at the table of the world so much you've actually lost your appetite for God. And what I want to call you toward is to use fasting as that tool. That when you feel far from God, when you're in need of provision, when you need breakthrough, when you need to know what to do, the fasting would be something you reflexively, naturally turn to. It goes on this way in verse 18. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but, but instead be filled with the Spirit. And this is one of the things I love about the Bible that most people who don't actually know or love the Bible miss. See, it says don't get drunk on wine, which is like a pretty standard, like you probably shouldn't get drunk. And maybe someone actually needs to hear that in this room, like that's probably not a good idea. It's probably not bringing value to your life. And yet most people think the Bible's just full of commands and you're just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to get drunk. Like, no, but that's not what this verse actually says. Do you notice it says don't get drunk in wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit? Like the Bible never just tells you to rob something from yourself. The Bible always says there's something better. The Bible's always going to offer you something better, right? Like the Bible's not saying, don't get drunk. It's real fun, but just don't, right? No. What the Bible says is don't get drunk because it's better to be filled with the Spirit. You give something up and you get something better. You give up food and you get God's presence. You give up something you want so you can have something you need more than anything else. That's what we do. That's the exchange we make with God. It's this trade. And do you know what the best thing about trading with God is? That you and God will never make a fair trade. It'll never happen. You'll give God your sin and he'll give you your salvation. You'll give God your doubt and he'll give you faith and confidence. You give God your anxiety and he'll give you confidence and faith and strength and firmness in the Lord. That's what happens. 
And, and listen, when you decide to fast, the thing you get in return is so much better than anything you give up. And that's what you're invited toward. Listen, I don't want anyone in this room to misunderstand me. I don't want you to fast because it's miserable. I want you to fast because it's magnificent. I want you to fast because it's a blessing to you. I want you to fast because you go, God, there's more than what I've received. And I just want that, God. I want every blessing that's on the table for me. Because you and God, (laughs) you're never going to make a fair trade. It goes on this way in verse 19. It says, you're speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. I've always loved verse 19. And I always love it in the context of a church service. Because I always think when I'm singing, I'm singing to God. And it's true. Like God hears my songs. And as terrible as I am at singing, the God of the universe actually delights in it. Isn't that a good news for someone in this room like me who's terrible at singing? Like what you lack in talent, you make up for in volume. And God loves it because it's a holy, joyful noise. Like that's what I do. And God loves it. But do you notice what this verse actually says? Do you notice that it actually says we're speaking to one another with these psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit? Like, do you recognize that when you come into this place, the point of your singing is not just for God to hear it, it's for everyone else around you to hear it? Like, do you understand that when you sing, what you do is you remind everyone else around you of the truths you're singing. So when we're singing, he is a man of his word, what you're doing is not just reminding God of that you know this, you're reminding the people around you. And when you just feel like you rolled in here tonight, you feel gross and disgusting and dirty and like God wouldn't want anything to do with you. I hope you were listening to someone around you when they were singing 10 minutes ago. He delights in showing mercy, right? We speak to one another. We, we, we call out to one another. That's what happens in this place. Like the thing isn't just like go, like try to follow Jesus on your own. It's like we're just like constantly reminding each other. Hey, remember God is good. Hey, remember this is true. And then it goes on this way. So sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we want to do going forward? We want to go forward and be a people who are grateful. Grateful for every blessing of God. You're grateful for how good he is. We want to be a people of celebration. Like tonight is a celebration service, but the real goal is like you leave this place and live a life of celebration for all that God's done for you. For how faithful he is to you, how good he is to you, how kind he is, how holy he is, how sovereign he is. That's what we want to do. We want to be a people filled with gratitude. We want to be a people filled with faith. And how do we do that? I want to point you to one final part of this verse. We've already covered it. But I want to show you these words again because I think they're powerful powerful in verse 18. I want you to notice that in verse 18 it says, Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now maybe you've heard this before, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, The Bible, the New Testament especially, talks about being filled with the Spirit. And I'll put it to you in two ways. The Bible, the New Testament, talks about being baptized in the Spirit. And I believe the Bible teaches, the New Testament teaches, that the moment I receive Christ as Lord... I am baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God comes upon me and dwells within me. And the baptism we witness there is really an outward expression of the fact that the Holy Spirit has baptized me and lives inside of me. Baptism in the Spirit is a one-time thing. But being filled with the Spirit, (laughs) that's an every morning thing. Being filled with the Spirit, that's an everyday thing. Being filled with the Spirit is an every morning thing because I don't know about you, but there's moments I wake up and I don't have any spirit in me. There's mornings I wake up and I'm kind of cranky. There's mornings I wake up and I'm kind of bitter. There's mornings I wake up thinking about all of the things I'm resentful and angry about in this world. And maybe you have nothing to do with this. Maybe you wake up every morning and you're just like, Jesus, let's go. But in case, potentially, 
Sometimes you wake up a little bitter, resentful, angry, anxious, stressed out, overwhelmed, thinking about the future and being concerned. Here's the command for your life. Be filled with the Spirit over and over and over and over again. Be filled with the Spirit. And now, I want us to think about this for a second. How can you obey a command, because this is a command, right? Be filled with the Spirit. That is a passive command. Now, notice it doesn't say fill yourself with the Spirit. It says be filled with the Spirit. But you're not the one who does the filling. The Spirit does the filling. It'd be like this. If I told you, hey, make sure to call your mom tonight. You could pick up your phone and call your mom, right? But if I told you, be called by your mom tonight. <laughs> what are you going to do? You just, what do you do? Well, here's what you do. You can't control whether your mom calls or not. But you can't make sure your phone's on. You can't make sure it's charged. You can't make sure that you have it on. You can't make sure that it's off the mode where, where you can't really get any phone calls. You can't make sure maybe it's out and you're waiting for it and expecting it and waiting for it on the off chance that your mom does call and then you are able to receive that. And the same thing's true with the Spirit. Listen, this being filled with the Spirit thing isn't like something you muster up within yourself. It's something God pours into you daily. You're just continually being filled with the Spirit. So how do you get filled with the Spirit? You get filled with the Spirit by becoming the type of person who's open and available to what the Spirit wants to do. So, so like, let me put it to you this way. I'll give you another metaphor. Um, do you know every time you breathe, really all you're doing is expanding your lungs and allowing air to come in? Like breathing is one of those weird things where you're always doing it sub, like you're always like not thinking about it and you're breathing, but then suddenly you realize you're breathing and now you're thinking about breathing and now you're stressed out about breathing because like, how do I breathe all the time? Here's what your body does. Your body isn't like constantly going like, <gasps> right? All your lungs are doing is just expanding and your lungs collapse in on themselves and then the muscles of your lungs just expand your lungs. And when that muscle expands and your lungs start to open up, air just rushes into there. And that's what you do. That's how you get filled with the spirit. You want to know how to get filled with the Spirit? You create room for the Spirit in your life. You create room for God to do something. You give Him the space in the morning when you open up the Word. I wake up cranky and bitter sometimes and I get into the Word and I just go, God, like, I don't even want to do this right now. And yet, God, I just believe you're going to meet me here. You give Him space. You give Him space in prayer. You give Him space on Thursday nights. You give Him space when you gather together and you give Him space when you fast. Like, listen, when we empty ourselves of our lives and our priorities and our thoughts and our ideas and everything about us, when we create that space, the Holy Spirit of God can come rushing in. The Holy Spirit of God can fill us. Again, you are baptized one time permanently in the Holy Spirit, and he dwells inside of you. And yet the Bible gives us this idea that there's some kind of filling that should happen and can happen and will happen every morning if we give him room for that. And you want to know what the, the biggest thing standing in between you and being filled with the Spirit is? It's the same thing that stands in between me and being filled with the Spirit. It's the same thing that stands between these people here, these worship band leaders that we love so much and being filled with the Spirit. It's all of us is the same. The biggest thing that's in the way of you and being filled with the Spirit is you. It's me. It's ourselves. And so here's something I need you to consider tonight, that you can be filled with the Spirit or full of yourself, but you can't be both. You can't be both. And when you kind of have this attitude where you're just completely into you and obsessed with you and wanting things for you and thinking about you and considering you and wrapping your whole world around your favorite subject, which is you, you'll always find yourself empty. And yet when you empty yourself out, it'll never be a fair trade. God will come and he will fill you with his spirit. And that's what I want for you going forward. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God each and every day. 
And sometimes that's going to mean Bible study, and sometimes that's going to mean prayer, and sometimes that's just going to mean calling a Christian friend and telling them to tell you to be faithful to Jesus that day, and sometimes it's going to mean small group, and sometimes it's going to mean church, and hear me tonight, sometimes it's going to mean fasting. And you put that tool in your toolbox so that you can empty yourself of the things of this world and create space for the Holy Spirit of God to fill you afresh. As we close here tonight, we're going to have an opportunity to sing two songs uh, and both of these songs will really talk about this feeling of the Holy Spirit that happens for us. The, the first song we're going to sing is a song called Holy Ghost, and it's a new song for us tonight. Uh, and the chorus goes like this. It says, come fill me up, Holy Ghost. Shine brighter so that the whole world knows your love. But, like it's this prayer that again, we are baptized one time in the Holy Spirit. God permanently dwells with us. His spirit will never leave or forsake us. And yet, every single morning, we just want to have this be our prayer. Like, fill me up, Holy Spirit, because I'm bitter and resentful. I'm anxious and I'm angry and I'm greedy and I'm thinking about myself. And yet, God, I just want to be emptied of me so that I can be filled with you. And that's the invitation for you tonight to sing this. To sing, come fill me up, Holy Ghost. Shine brighter so the whole world knows your love. Set me on this holy fire. Like, God, do something with me. Burn away from me the little things in me that make me want the world more than you until the whole world finds your love. And that's the invitation for us, church. And I don't know about you, but going forward, that's the kind of life I want to lead where the Holy Spirit of God just dwells in me. And I'm not always walking in anxiety and frustration and bitterness and resentment, but rather I'm walking in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control because Lord knows we need that right now. And so here's the invitation. That you would invite the Spirit into your life tonight. That you would say, God, I need to be filled with your Spirit. And then whatever time you wake up tomorrow morning, this would be your first prayer. Come fill me up, Holy Ghost, because I need you today. Would you stand with me as we sing these last two songs? Father in heaven, I thank you for this word and I thank you for Ephesians and I thank you for the truth that we can be filled with your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that you permanently dwell with us and yet, God, I just want a fresh outpour of your spirit. I want to be filled up. I want to be available. I want to create space. God, help me not be in the way of your filling of your spirit. God, I thank you for this fast and I thank you for the stories told and untold. I thank you that you're going to do things that we don't even know you've done yet. And God, I thank you that your Holy Spirit has dwelled in us, that it's been around us, inviting us to become more like Jesus. And I pray for the person tonight who's doubting, who thinks so far from you, the young lady in here who thinks you're just not even caring about her life. I pray before she walks out the doors tonight that you would meet her in power by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would meet the young man who just needs a touch of your spirit tonight. God, rest on us, fill us up by the power of your spirit to the glory of Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name and all God's people said